Greetings, dear friends in the Lord. Welcome to Pathways of Hope. My name is Aldem Salvania, and it is my joy to share with you today's reflection on the Gospel of Luke 19, 11-28, called the Parable of the Ten Minas. I just love the parables of Jesus, especially the part where he delivers the unexpected twist that catches us off guard, and we see the kingdom fresh for the first time. Isn't that exciting? So in this parable, trees, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. A mina is equivalent to the 100-day salary, which for the Philippines, in the higher bracket of wages, is about 50,000. And in the U.S., it's about 124,000 pesos, of course. And just for comparison, talent in the other parable is much higher than Amina. And if you are to compute the number of days wages, a talent is between 3 million in the Philippines and 7.5 million in the US. I'm showing you here the crown of David, the weight of which is one talent. So as we continue the parable, and the master told his servants to do business with this until I come back. Fast forward to when the master returned from his journey now a king, he sent for his servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. Similar to the parable of the talents, one servant reported a tenfold increase, to which the master said, these beautiful words, well done, my good servant, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Wow. He essentially became governor. Now, the second servant reported a fivefold yield and he was made in charge of five cities. <laughs> now comes the third guy who basically just kept the money. Note that he did not squander it, so he was not really doing harm. But you know, there's a saying, <laughs> it is better to stay quiet and be doubted a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yep. His reasoning betrayed him. And he said, I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you do not put in and you reap what you did not sow. Now, this kind of thinking falls under the category of cognitive distortion, specifically blaming. In other words, he is implying it's you, master, who caused me to fail rather than to own the failure. He also committed the distortion of fortune-telling or being a prophet of doom or pessimist. So he said, whatever I do will fail anyway and you will punish me. So fear paralyzed him from taking any risks. Now, this got me thinking. Since all of them received the same amount and got the same instruction from the master, which is do business with this, which means earn from it, then the difference must be that the first two men who multiplied the minas five and tenfold must have come from a very different place mentally, in stark contrast to the third man. To my mind, these two men wanted to grow and were willing to take the risks involved with performing for the master, were diligent, and were at the service of the master's goals. They believed also that their effort can yield an abundant harvest, empowering them to explore creative ways to make things happen. And as a result, we're deemed by the master as faithful to their duties. In contrast, the third man holds a stagnant mindset. Maxim himself and his boss was afraid to take risks, so he became passive, focused only on his concerns and problems, and did not believe he could multiply resources, which prevented him from finding ways to achieve, so ended up unfaithful to his duties. To contrast this terrible mindset with one of the most beloved Bible characters, take Joseph, for example, thrown into a well and later on sold as a slave by his jealous brothers, betrayed by his very own blood. 
And as if this misfortune was not enough as a slave, he was further thrown into prison after standing for purity and righteousness against the adulterous advances of his master's wife. A slave put in prison. There are a few things worse than that. So we think we're in a lockdown A. Joseph suffered the ultimate lockdown. No money, no job, no family, no freedom. All told, he was unjustly enslaved and imprisoned for a total of 13 years. Yet through it all, Joseph practiced the same qualities as those who multiplied the master's mina as he added value to Potiphar's household. And even when unjustly imprisoned, he served his co-inmates with his God-given gifts. Joseph perfectly fit the parable, for he was not even given any mina except for the promise of greatness to the coat his father gave him. But he nurtured the God-given qualities to the long storms of his life, which reminds me of this powerful coat. Blossom where you are planted now, whether it be fertile ground or a parched desert in great weather or drowning storms, Joseph gave his best in the worst of times and held on to God's grace and promise through it all. You know, those who blossom in grace first receive their vision and calling through a personal encounter with God, whether dramatic okay, or just ordinary moments of prayer. Very important they receive this vision which they share with other Christians, then this vision continually lights their way through the darkness of uncertainty and great confusion in their life and propels them to be fruitful. That's why the proverb warns that where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, the saints are the best examples of being visionaries. First of all, for the heavenly hope, but they are also able to establish worthwhile projects throughout their lives that truly make a difference in the world for God's greater glory. Sadly, a clear sense of vision is missing with many people, even Christians today. Sometimes our attitude towards faith can be a sense of complacency, passively waiting before we can start getting productive. But waiting for what? <laughs> for the times to get better? For the lockdown to end? For the next job? For a kinder boss? For a loving partner? Yet this parable reminds us that today is all we have. And those who passively wait, stagnate. Hmm. God rewards our personal fruitfulness. As he said of the productive servants, to everyone who has more, more will be given and rejects unproductivity. As he said, for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Wow. So reflect on this as stewards of the riches that God has given you. Under which column do you tend to fall? Are you always developing yourselves? Challenging yourself to take on more tasks and taking risks for the kingdom? How much do you believe in the abundance that God multiplies your resources when we give him time and talent? How much do you believe that the best is yet to come in your life? Or are you in a holding pattern and preparing for the worst? So as God's servant, bring this to prayer and ask yourself, which qualities do I need less of and which do I need to develop more if I decide to be fruitful for God's kingdom? And please join me in prayer. Merciful Father, you give us many opportunities to bear fruit for the kingdom. Give us the eyes to see the abundant life and joy that awaits your servants and strengthen our resolve to labor so more people may know love and follow you with the time we are given. Remove our complacency, fear, and self-centeredness. Resurrect our weekend commitments so we will number our days and raise the urgency to share your spirit of love with others who need you the most. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of serving you who are most deserving of our devotion. Amen. Brothers and sisters, may your lives deliver a rich harvest of love, 
peace and service to others. And may you find joy in the work of multiplying the Master's minas as He blesses you and the people you encounter daily. The Lord be with you all. God bless.